Welcome to Mosaic Podcast. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Mosaic Church, Leeds, based in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information on Mosaic Church, please visit mosaic-church.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Close up. Sometimes it is hard to tell what the thing really is, isn't it? When we look at a close up, it either looks like something else or we don't really know what it is. It's a question of perspective. And perspective is really, really important in our story this morning because we are in a series looking at the book of Joshua. So we're looking at the character of Joshua. He's our hero. He's the guy who took over from Moses leading the people of Israelites. And his job basically is to get the Israelites from the wilderness into the promised land. And a few weeks ago, we saw that he managed to get them across the River Jordan that was, barrier, that was the barrier between the wilderness and the promised land. And, and God miraculously parted the waters so that they could cross right through. And now they've got their next major challenge. So this time they've got to take the city of Jericho. This is their next big hurdle. And the people of Jericho know that they're coming. And so they've shut themselves inside the city, locked all the gates and barred the gates. So Joshua needs to find a way in. It looks like an impossible task. He's no idea how he's going to get his men into this barred up city. So he goes to take a closer look. And I wonder if you can imagine how he's thinking. He's the man that everyone is counting on. He's the one that everyone is expecting to pull through, to give them a way into this city. He's done it once at the Jordan, so the expectations are really, really high. And he's like, I don't know what to do. So he goes towards Jericho to have a look and listen to what happens. So I'm going to read from Joshua chapter 5. If you've got a Bible with you, don't worry if you haven't. It'll come up on the screen. So Joshua 5 Verse 13 says, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Okay, so straight away, as soon as he approaches Jericho, he thought he was going on a little recce, but then suddenly he sees this warrior and he's like, oh, heart sinks, I've just got to fight straight away. There's no other option. So he does what you would expect him to do as a military leader. He goes up and says, whose side are you on? Are you for us or for the enemies? And what he's really saying there is either you need to bow the knee or you need to fight me right now. Because if you're on our side, I'm actually the commander of this army, so you need to bow the knee to me. But if you're not, then we need to do this now. But the response is not what he was expecting. Verse 14, neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Wow. Saying, you're asking the wrong question, Joshua. It's not about am I on your side or on the enemy's side. Are you on my side? Commander of the Lord's army, I have now come. Are you going to bow the knee to me or are you going to try and fight me? says, Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. He recognized straight away that God was speaking to him. and He wasn't the commander. God was in charge here. He's gone out to take a look at the city to try and make a plan, a strategy for attack. But instead, he's had an encounter with God, which brings him to his knees. And then it gets really interesting. Listen listen to what the Lord says to Joshua. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. Now at this point, if I was Joshua, I'd be like, Really? 
Are we looking at the same city? doesn't look like you've delivered it into my hands. All I see is um, bars and locks and gates. But God sees things differently. He knows exactly what he's going to do. He has no doubts, no fears, no uncertainty. He says, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. And then he goes on to give Joshua the plan, the strategy. And to be honest, they're pretty strange instructions. So he says, march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Make seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing their trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, make the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So Joshua is expecting a military siege, some sort of strategy, but God tells him to walk around the city a bunch of times and make a huge noise and the walls will come down. Again, if I was Joshua, I'd be like, I don't really want to go and tell the men that that's what we're going to do. That doesn't sound like the most impressive strategy. What if it goes wrong? They're going to think I'm a complete idiot. But for Joshua, there's none of that because he's seen God. He knows his God. He trusts him. But if he's said that he's given Jericho into his hands, he has. So he'll do whatever he asks of him, however silly it might sound. He's had an encounter with God, which has changed his perspective. And it's led to radical obedience. He follows the instructions to the letter. And the walls do indeed come down. In verse 20, it says, When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. So Joshua has an encounter with God, which changes his perspective, leads to radical obedience, and they see breakthrough. It's an incredible story. And I just wonder for us this morning, where do we feel like we need to see breakthrough? What are the Jericho situations in our life that look locked up, look barred, looked impossible? Situations that just seem too too difficult, a difficult situation in our family life, a friend or a colleague who feels too far from God, seeing your workplace change, seeing your community transformed. Maybe there's areas of your own life that you're desperate to see change in. Where do you need breakthrough this morning? What is it that's on your mind, dominating your prayer life and thoughts at the moment? See, breakthrough didn't come from Joshua working out a plan for himself. It came from meeting with God and then following him. And I just believe this morning as we spend time in God's presence, he wants to meet with us today and draw our eyes up to him, draw our eyes away from our Jericho situations and back up to him. You know, God knew that what Joshua needed more than practical help was an encounter with him, was to know and see that God is all powerful. And I wonder if you need to know that again this morning. You know, when... um, When a child falls over and hurts themselves, the the instinct is to look around for mum and dad, isn't it? And if they can't see mum and dad, they start wailing. And they're not really wailing because they're in pain. They're wailing because they need mum or dad to come and put their arms around them. And only when dad's arms are around them and they're secure and safe does the wailing stop. You know, God is like that for us today. He's the heavenly father who comes and puts his arms around us and says, "I, I am strong, I am secure, I am protecting you. You don't need to fear God does give Joshua some instructions later, but the primary purpose of this encounter was to remind Joshua who he is. I have come. Joshua didn't need to do it himself. God is already doing it. And I think for us it's so easy to get fixated on the problem in front of us, isn't it? Trying to work out what we need to do. When God just invites us to look up to him, see who he is, 
and remember that he is able, he is strong, he is powerful, his presence makes all the difference. And as we do that, it changes our perspective. You see, Jericho was completely shut up and barred, but God said, look, I have delivered it into your hands. You know, that happens a lot in the Christian life. We're called to live with a different perspective to the world. We're called to see things differently to how they might look in front of us. You know, um, we look at a world which feels quite far away from God, but God has said to us that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him, and so go and make disciples of all nations. And we see whole nations worshipping other gods, but we've been told by God that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And, you know, we in our world see family breakdown and we see children orphaned, but God has said that he is a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows. We see the poor getting poorer and the rich getting richer, but God said that he's come to proclaim proclaim good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. The question is, are we going to live according to what we see or are we going to live according to what God says? Are we going to hold on to the promises of God in scripture and build our lives on them rather than living in response to what we see around us? And I know which I'd rather do. Obviously, I want to see the poor um, restored and set free and captives set free. But it's tough when we look around. And actually, often it seems like the gates are barred shut. And you know, as a church, we're sort of living with things that we believe in God's spoken to us about, about seeing leads transformed and planting a um, church or a gathering or a service in a different place each year. And as we do that, seeing whole communities transformed. But that's like totally impossible in a worldly sense. But with God, it is possible. When we see who he is, it changes our perspective. You know, me and some of my friends live in Holbeck, you you know this. And objectively, you can look at us and say 16 young, naive people living in Holbeck is not going to make much of a difference. But we believe that God has given it into our hands. We believe that he has said that he's come for the poor. He's come to seek and save the lost. He's come to bring light in darkness. And so when we live in that way, it's incredibly exciting and it's worth all of it. And wherever you you are at the moment, God's called you to live differently in your situation. He's called you to see things from a different perspective, to partner with him, to see his kingdom come on the earth right now. And it means living like what he says is true is more true than what we might see in front of us. Now, I knew a doctor a few years ago who said that every, he was a GP, every 10-minute um, encounter with a patient was an opportunity to see God's kingdom come into someone's life. It's exciting to live like that because it takes the pressure off me and what I'm doing. And it's saying, no, God, what do you want to do through me today? What, what are you doing in this person's life that I can get on board with and get behind and see and see you through? It's fascinating. God doesn't say to Joshua, don't worry, it's all right. I'm here. I'm on your side. I'm with you. He says, neither. I have come. It's not I'm, I'm on board with you. It's, it's come and get on board with me. And you know, this is really important. It's not my job. It's not our job to take Holbeck for Jesus. It's not your job to, to transform your workplace for the gospel. It's God who's doing that. God is building his kingdom. He is at work in the world. And the question is, are we going to position ourselves to be used by him? Are we saying we're available, God? Where do you want me? What do you want to do through me? How do you want to use me in my workplace, in my community? How can I see your kingdom come in the situations I face today? And what I'm learning is that it's like a daily choice to live like that. Some days I wake up and I just don't see things like that. It's just me and I feel really overwhelmed. And unsurprisingly, nothing particularly breakthrough-like happens on days like that. 
But on other days where I'm able to spend time focusing on the truth and the promises of God, it can be, it can be different. I love the quote from C.S. Lewis that says, The moment you wake up each morning, all your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists in shoving it all back in, listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. I love it because it's like we can crack on with our agenda for the day or we can stop and listen to God, catch his perspective for the day and follow him. And it's, it's exciting. It's a, it's, a, it's a radical way to live, but it's a way that brings more freedom and more life and more breakthrough. And it leads to radical obedience. So as Joshua hears from God, he gets straight to it. And he immediately, he doesn't faff around like I would, thinking, what are the men going to think? He gets straight on it and he gives out the instructions. So um, verse 6, Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests to them and said, take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, make seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. And then it continues to give you a detailed description of them doing exactly what God had told them to do. I wonder how quick you and I are to obey when we feel like we've heard God. Do you think about it, mull it over for a while, wait for it to be confirmed twice, three times, or do you just go for it like Joshua? Some of us are natural risk takers, others are more cautious by nature, but God calls us all to be obedient. And you know, I can spend time focusing my perspective right in Holbeck, believing what God has called us to, but it still takes me going and living in response to that, stepping out of faith, talking to people about Jesus, doing something with it, otherwise we're not going to see breakthrough. Have any of you ever been to um, one of those fancy airports where instead of the passport control being a person you have to go through a machine do you know what I'm talking about so a few years ago Matt and I went on holiday and we came back into Stansted I'd never been there before and it was what we we did the classic like get off the plane run to get your baggage get the baggage run through we're like we're at the front of the queue we are winning this getting off the plane thing and then we we get through and it's not the normal man sitting in a box like it is at Manchester than where we normally is um it's it's this machine and we, and we went up and I, literally we were at the front of the queue so Matt goes to the left machine I go to the right machine and you have to scan your passport and then your face comes up on the screen and then you're supposed to the doors are supposed to open and you walk through so Matt's done his and he's gone through but I'm stood there and I'm scanning my passport and I can't the doors aren't opening and I'm like what do I do I don't know what to do I've never encountered this situation before and what makes it worse is that because your face comes up on the whole screen not only is there a massive queue behind me because we've run to be first they can all see my face and no one's helping me they're not telling me what to do they're just looking at at me and tutting and then Matt comes round the other side because he's got through and he's like just walk towards the door and I'm like I'm not going to walk towards the door it's closed I'm going to walk into it I'm going to look even more stupid than I currently do and he's like no just walk towards the door and I was like what you know because you expect like a beep and a door expect it to be obvious don't you but you didn't so eventually I did decide to walk through the door and what, what happens as I walk through the door the door's open and it all works and I'd wasted loads of time, stood there, faffing around, waiting for the doors to open, when really all I needed to do was walk towards the door. 
And it's a bit like that with God, isn't it? We can wait for things to feel really, really clear. We can wait until we're so confident that we can see the way through. But I think often God just wants us to take a few steps towards the door, not worry about it, not overthink it, not get so stressed. Just trust him, believe that he's a good father, he's got good things for us, and to walk towards the door. You know, in Psalm 119, it says, I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. God calls us to obedience, but I think he also calls us to not delay. And I think when we do delay, actually, we end up missing out on some of the good stuff that God has for us that we could have seen if we'd have gone for it straight away. You know, also, when God tells us to do something, it's not just like, oh, here's a good idea. You might want to think about this. He's God. He is the all-powerful king of the universe. He is a good and almighty father. When he tells us to do something, it is because it is best for us to do it. And walking in step with him and being obedient to him is the way to get the most out of life because he created our lives. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And his plans and purposes for us are good for us. You know, um, Dave Devonish, who you might remember, he spoke at Love Nations a few months ago. He leads the network of churches that we're part of. I heard him speaking recently, and he said that um, he um, he was... When, at the time when he felt God call him out of, he was a banker. At the time when he felt God call him out of banking to work for the church, he'd also at that time been offered a promotion in banking that would make him the youngest person to reach a certain level. And so he had these two options. He felt like God was speaking to him about church, but he also knew that he had this opportunity to do something that no one had ever done before. It was an incredible opportunity. And so he researched it. He, he went to visit where the job was. He spent lots of time doing it and and spent a lot of time seeking God thinking talking to people about this decision but then ultimately he said what is the point in being the youngest most successful banker if I'm not also being obedient in the purposes of God sometimes we just get to that point where obedience to the purposes of God is sort of realizing that is the best option for us and as we Step into obedience. Remember, Joshua's obedience came from his relationship with God. So when we've encountered God, when we know him, then we can respond to him in obedience. You know, Becky and Neil are here. They've literally just had a baby, and yet they're going to Turkey in a couple of months' time because they feel like God's spoken to them about about um, moving to Istanbul. Isn't that incredible? Obedience to the purposes of God is more important than security and comfort. And remember that um, for Joshua, it was through obedience that the breakthrough came. So the walls didn't come down because marching around shook the foundations and then shouting really loud made the rock crumble. That wasn't why it happened. The walls came down because the people of God were obedient to the purposes of God. And as they stepped out for him, he brought breakthrough. Isn't that amazing? Breakthrough in God's eyes actually is the obedience The moment we obey, we get to experience the power of God and breakthrough comes. It doesn't always look dramatic, but obedience is always breakthrough. You know, for Dave in that story, he didn't know at the time where he would be now. So 50 years later, he's seen hundreds of churches planted all over the world. That step of obedience then now is worth it. But at the time, he didn't know that. 
There's a guy in the North Gathering who's just been, he's a university lecturer, he's just been made head of department. And it's because he's just spent years working faithfully in a godly way, caring about people, caring about the little things, working diligently. And they've noticed that over time and they've wanted those values to impact the department. So they've invited him into this this headship role. And for him, he's like, I wasn't looking for a promotion. He was just getting on with his job, and as he did that in a way that was obedient to God, he was brought into a position of influence. Breakthrough comes through obedience. And as we obey, we see God's kingdom come. Remember, do you remember Rahab earlier on in the story of Joshua? Rahab was the one person in the city of Jericho who feared God and responded to him. She put herself at great personal danger, lying to the king to hide the spies that had gone in to Jericho. And so God rescues her and brings her salvation. And we see this at the end of today's story in verse 22. It said, as soon as the walls have come down, Joshua said to the two men who'd spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute and all her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho and she lives among the Israelites to this day. You know, Rahab became part of the lineage of Jesus. She, was, she wasn't just brought into the Israelite community, but she has a position of extreme honor for, forever. She's recorded as an ancestor of Jesus. And that's what the kingdom of God looks like. Broken, marginalized people, a foreign prostitute, bought in, finding a home amongst the people of God. And that is what we see as we follow God in obedience and see breakthrough. See what I mean? Because he is building his kingdom on the earth. And there's loads of stories like that that are available for us to step into and see as a church and as individuals, as communities. There's loads of stories, little sto- big stories of Jericho and little stories of Rahab. There's loads that God is wanting to do like that through us. And the question is, are we going to come to him, let, live with his perspective, and then follow him in obedience? Joshua is just a great example for us, isn't he? He had a task to do, but instead of cracking on, he met with God and then he followed God and did it God's way. And I think, I don't know about you, but I want to be someone who does that and I want us to be a church who live like that because I think that as we do that, we'll see amazing things of God. So would you stand with me? We're going to pray and then we're going to spend some time responding. I wonder if just as I've been speaking, you've been really aware that there is a situation for you at the moment that feels really locked up and barred, that feels too difficult. And right now, as we just sing and worship, let's just spend some time asking God to come in and reveal himself to you, asking him to put his arms around you, asking him to remind you that he is with you, he's, he's almighty, he's powerful. And I wonder if maybe for others of you, there are um, sort of areas where you know there's a call to radical obedience that you haven't quite stepped out in yet. And just again, let's invite the presence of God to come and give strength and bring courage in those times. So let me pray. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. We just welcome your presence. Would you come and fill us? Would you come and meet with us now? Holy Spirit, we just invite you. Say we love you, Lord. Lord, would you reveal more of who God is to us this morning? Father, would we encounter you now and know your heart for us, know your love for us, know your strength and your might. Would you come and make yourself known to each of us now, Lord? And would you just stir our hearts? Holy Spirit, we invite you to stir us to obedience. We invite you to, uh, yeah, to move us, to step out. 
Let's come, Lord Jesus. Amen.